This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. I got a question for you. Are the 76ers tampering? We'll talk about that. Plus, it's the beginning of free agency, baby. Are you panicking as a Trail Blazers fan? A few small moves, they... Get their man in Norman Powell, but are they done? We'll talk about that and so much more. Let's start the show. Ah, yeah. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KTW's 3-on-3 Blazer. It's Orlando, Jared Cowley. We're doing this thing on Zoom. So good to see you, Jared. And thank you to everyone who continues to rock with this podcast. It is so good to be back. Thank you for subscribing, for letting everyone know about the podcast as we continue to do this thing. Jared, first and foremost, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, you know, the past few days, you've got the draft and then free agency came right on top of that. And it's kind of fun. I mean, it's I just all bunched together as just as an NBA fan. It's fun to keep track of all the stuff that's happening. The first day of free agency, there were something like 50 mm. new deals. I mean, just, it was wild, you know, keeping track of that. It always started to go down at 3 PM and it was just, you know, uh, notification after notification from Woj and Shams. And so it's, it's been fun, not as much fun, you know, if you're following the Blazers, uh, still waiting for something big to happen, but, uh, but they've done a few good things, so we'll get into that. Jared, what was your level of just concern right out of the gate? Because we all kind of knew there wasn't going to be this big free agency move, but I think it's very difficult for Trailblazers fans who know, like, we're on the clock here. We need to make Dame happy. Dame wants to see some changes. He wants to be a contender and small moves within the margins, playing the margins, you know, the, 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 the line with, Neil Olshea, uh, how were you feeling about that, man? I was okay. I mean, I like you said, going into the draft, I knew it wasn't going to be anything big. Um, and even free agency, the only thing that really mattered in my mind was whether they were able to re-sign Norman Powell. I mean, obviously, waiting to see what they do with the taxpayer mid-level exception is, is somewhat interesting. But mostly, they were just going to be filling out the back end of the roster with minimum guys, and that's not very exciting. But, uh, you know, it, it took a little while for you had all these deals go down and you were just kind of waiting. It was a couple hours until the Norman Powell deal was announced. And so there was a little bit of nervousness, you know, is, are the Pelicans going to swoop in and, and get him? You know, is San Antonio going to, for some reason, you know, throw a bunch of money at him. But uh, you, you had seen reports um, 
I think it was from Chris Mannix, though I don't have it in front of me, that other teams in the NBA expected Norman Powell to re-sign with Portland. And hmm. so I kind of went into it expecting that, that he would. So I would have been shocked and surprised if it didn't happen. And then with, you know, just waiting until it, it finally was announced, there was a little bit of nerves, but, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I, I I was following along, and you know how Twitter is, Jared. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's always extreme opinions on on one end or the other. And I know a lot of Trailblazers fans. You know, I just put the question out there, like, you know, how are we feeling, one way or the other? And you know, it was all very extreme in terms of just panic, and yeah. you know, Dame's not happy, and, and so forth. But I think. If you're somewhere in the middle, you kind of expected what has played out over the past couple of days. And we're going to dive into all of that. We're going to say hello to a few new players. We're going to say goodbye to a few players. We'll go down that road. But as you know, we have three questions. And I think this one you nailed, Jared, in in starting the podcast this way because it's so new and just went down. And that is the 76ers hired Phil Beckner who has a long-standing relationships with, with Damian Lillard as, as a coaching consultant. So on a scale of one to 10, how much should this worry Blazers fans, Jared? This in a vacuum, like a two. <laughs> you know, I mean, he is like, he's a former Weaver State assistant coach. Obviously, Dame went to Weaver State. He's the longtime trainer for Lillard ever since he came into the NBA. So there is a huge connection there. Um, But in a vacuum, I I wouldn't be that worried. But when you combine it with everything else, I mean, all the smoke that's out there, you know, all the reports from Chris Haynes and and Henry Abbott and and just everything that just kind of seems off with the Damian Lillard situation this offseason, it should give you a little bit of pause. So I'm going to bump it up to like a five. You know, that that is a big connection. I think it's obvious that to me that Daryl Morey is making that move. (laughs) <laughs> to bring in someone really close to Lillard to just make Philadelphia more attractive. If Lillard does request a trade, you know there's going to be conversations between him and the Blazers front office about where he'd like to go. And so if if Daryl Morey can make Philadelphia more enticing for Damian Lillard, then he's doing his job. And so I think that it's not like, you know, the sky isn't falling, but I mean, I think that None of us would be surprised if Damian Lillard requests a trade this offseason. And if he does, I don't think any of us would be surprised if he ends up going to Philadelphia. Um, I don't know if that's the move that I would want the Blazers to make if they have to trade Damian Lillard, but I think it's a move that Neil O'Shea would probably make. Um, mm. so, so, yeah, so yeah. I, I'm not super worried about it, but it, it certainly uh, – it's like I, I texted you when I saw it. I'm like, how am I, <laughs> how am I supposed to not overreact to this? Because my first, I mean, it definitely has raised eyebrows when I first saw it. But, um, you know, just trying not to overreact to every single little, you know, Dame-related news that that pops up. It's hard not to. Yeah. uh, This time of the year, uh, like never before, I guess, you know, with with the Damian Lillard uh, news, you know, that him not exactly being happy with how things are going in Portland. But I think you nailed it. Initially, I, I'm, I'm at a two, you know, I think it's there. It's just another thing that's out yeah. there. Uh, and I mean, there's no question the the longstanding relationship that Damian Lillard has 
uh, with Phil Beckner and, and, you know, the, the work that they've put in together, um, just the, the bond that they have. But I would be a fool to totally disregard it and think, oh, it's nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know that he works with all kinds of NBA players. Like, we see him all the time. We've seen him post videos um, with other NBA players. And so, yeah, he deserves the job and, and whatever that's going to be as a consultant with them. But um, it does feel like this is just one more thing. If there's, if we can just start adding a list of pros and cons, <laughs> reasons to come to Philly, and you can just put that one in there with all the other reasons that they're going to build uh, for Damian Lillard. Um, it makes total sense. I mean, credit to, to Maury for, for thinking that way, for at least putting himself in the conversation, um, because at least optics-wise, from a public standpoint, um, you can choose to view it however you want. But when I see that, I automatically raise my eyebrows because we know how tight him and Dame have been for a very long time. I mean, it's something that gets brought up in press conferences uh, that Dame has mentioned, you know, from time to time and just the work that they put in, whether that's visually with pictures and, and video or it's just talking about him. So, yeah, I, I'm going to be at a two right now, but I do know that it's there. I'm acknowledging the fact that there is something happening there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this news, I'm at a two. I think bumping up it up to a five for me, maybe it's more, that's where I'm at with the whole Dame situation. That my level of alarm for, you know, the, the potential of Dame leaving Portland is at a, like a five right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot out there on social media and, you know, take everything you see on social media with a grain of salt. But, you know, a lot of Blazers fans and, you know, fans outside of the Blazers um, of teams that, that really want, you know, Damian Lillard to be on their team ha are out there saying, you know, looking at every single move the Blazers make, even these minimum, minimum signing signings and acting like this is something that's going to force Dame out, but we're not to that point yet because, you know, we're just right at the beginning of the off season and what's going to force Dame out is if we, the Blazers don't make, I think, you know, bigger changes through trade between now and I don't know the time he gets back from, from Tokyo, mm -hmm. uh, which is, it's just coming up pretty soon uh, because what he sees right now, he's not going to look at the moves the Blazers have made and think that this is an improved roster. So there, there has to be more, but we also can't take these, these moves. I mean, you have to look at these minimum signings and stuff like that as what they are. I mean, look at them in a vacuum. That's what you should do because the Blazers do have to fill out the, the back of their roster. And the smartest way to do that is through minim, minimum signings like this. So don't get all bent out of shape because the Blazers signed Cody Zeller and that's not going to be a big enough <laughs> signing to, to, you know, entice Dame to stay that it, that it was never going to happen in free agency. It's going to happen with trades or a lack of trades and we'll see what happens. Uh, Yaren Weitzman, I believe the, the first to report that, um, with Beckner going to the, uh, 76ers, he's yep. an NBA writer, Fox sports on his, you can follow him on, on Twitter as well. So, all right, let's segue. I think that was, that was perfect, Jared, in terms of just the action that has taken place within the trailblazers. Like, yeah, you know, it was Russell Westbrook to the Lakers, all the, <laughs> you know, all the, the big moves are being made right out of the gate. As soon as 
free agency started um, and, and, you know, Trailblazers fans were wondering, like, what, what's going to happen with the Blazers? What's going to happen? All along, we knew this, this is where we were going to be at. And their, their number one target in, in all of this all along has been we need to re-sign Norman Powell. Mission accomplished. They get it done. And, you know, I think it's a decent deal. They, they got him at what seems to be the, the going rate at $18 million a year. Uh, you know, it's a $90 million contract five-year agreement I guess the the five years is probably a, a big deal because that's a that's a long-term commitment there but you are getting Norman Powell in his prime essentially in his, in his prime years so you know I think it's, it's obviously something that had to happen I mean it was either you get him or someone else uh, takes him from you and you're stuck in a worse situation than you were with him so Jared let's let's go there with with Norman Powell just what are your thoughts on the deal and the impression that, that you take away from it? Yeah, I'm with you. If, if they hadn't signed him, then I think that would have spelled the end of the Damian Lillard era because, you know, it's not like they could have gone out in free agency and gotten a, you know, an equal player if he didn't re-sign with the Blazers. They had his bird rights so they could go over the cap to sign him. If he didn't sign with the Blazers, they would have just had the, the mid-level exception and that's it and you mm-hmm. couldn't get a player of Powell's caliber with that exception so they had to sign him they had to be able to keep that talent on their roster so good job I mean you got to give the Blazers front office credit for getting that done uh, like you said I think that the five years was more than most people expected I think most people expected three or four years on that deal but that's okay um, the 18 million dollars annually that's like you said it was a going rate we saw you know, before the Powell uh, signing was announced, you saw Gary Trent Jr. get three years, $54 million. So that's $18 million annually. You saw Evan Fournier sign with the Knicks for four years and 78. That's $19.5 million. You saw Tim Hardaway Jr. re-sign with the Mavericks for four mm. years and 74. That's $18.5 million. You saw Duncan Robinson re-sign with the Heat for five years and 90. Same deal that Norm and Powell got. So even before Norm's deal was announced, the market was set. And, and good job on the Blazers because they didn't go over market. You know, they mm-hmm. paid Norman Powell what his market rate was. So it's a good signing. I mean, they, they need Norman Powell. He was good for the Blazers last year, came back, you know, in the, that trade from Toronto. And he shot, you know, 36% from three for the Blazers, 38% in the playoffs, uh, averaged about 17 points. And really, I know that Neil O'Shea – seems to be kind of pushing this narrative that it'll be okay to bring back the same starting lineup. And I don't agree with that, but he's Mm -hmm. not wrong. And the people who are, who are saying this aren't wrong, that that starting lineup with Norman Powell, when he came over was really good, you know, you know, Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, both, you know, in the the final, however many games of the season that, that Powell played with them and in the playoff series against the Nuggets, which they lost, that starting lineup was really, really effective. One of the best starting lineups in the NBA. So they, they're not, Neil Shea and you know people who are who are arguing that aren't wrong about those numbers. I still mm-hmm. think that you know that starting lineup, as good as it is, I think it has a ceiling that probably doesn't extend past like the second round. And so I think that's why further changes need to be made. But Powell unlocked an even better offense and a better defense for the Blazers. And so good job on them getting that deal done. It, it had to get done and they, they made it happen. 
Yeah, I think it was something like 28 games in, yep. in that ballpark that, that Powell was there. And, yeah, the offense got better. And the defense improved from, you know, basically the bottom of the barrel to like 20th, 21st, somewhere in that ballpark. Getting and that closer was overall. To- I mean, if you look yeah. at the numbers of just the starting lineup, like their defensive rating was some, something like 103.9 or something. <laughs> Not looking at it here, but that just off the top of my head. And even in the playoffs, I mean, that series against the Nuggets was so bad, but they that starting lineup was really good against the Nuggets. Their defense was really good. They had a really good offensive rating. It was just the bench was was just such a disaster. And then every time Nurkic went off the court, everything fell apart. But, you know, they had an elite offense with that starting lineup and an elite defense. I mean, 103.9 in the NBA today as a defensive rating, that's really good. That's mm-hmm. a really good defensive rating. So that starting lineup was was great. Um, and so, yeah, good on the Blazers for getting that done. Yep. So, solid move had to happen. Um, it's the, the first move in, in order for anything else to, to happen right. at, at this point, really. So um, right now, solid, so, solid move, but um, obviously not on the, the standard that Damian Lillard is looking for and not what Trailblazers no. fans are looking for, but there's still plenty of time in this offseason, and we're going to see what, what Neil is made of and what type of moves he, he's able to make. Jared, we got to say goodbye to, to a few players, a few Trailblazers that have been here for a little bit. Carmelo Anthony um, agreeing to a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. So his time in, in Portland ha- has come to an end. I thought it was really cool. I saw the, uh, the tweet slash Instagram post that, that Melo put out. Um, thought it was super classy. I know that Trailblazers loved having him here to, to have an all-timer, a, a Hall of Famer, and for Portland to be to play such a significant role in – rebuilding or helping him to continue his career um, in the NBA is, is kind of a neat relationship that Trailblazers fans and Carmelo Anthony can appreciate. And Melo had, had tweeted, thank you, Portland, for letting me love the game of basketball again. Thank you for welcoming me into your community and supporting me both on the court and in your city. These two years were some of the most important ones of my career. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Jared, as someone who's been, you know, a Trailblazers fan for a long time, uh, what do you think about it? I loved what he said, and, and that was a really nice farewell note to Portland, um, just about how Portland and the Blazers and, and this whole situation helped him learn to love the game of basketball again. Uh, that's pretty cool, and I think that that's not just lip service. I mean, I think that's real. Like, he went through a really difficult situation for his career, and uh, you know, basketball is just so much his life. And so to have that taken away from him the way it was, and then to have that rekindled in Portland, um, he's, he's speaking truth there. Um, Blazers fans are always going to love Carmelo Anthony. And I think that you had some Blazers fans, myself included, who were skeptical about, you know, Carmelo Anthony was rumored, you know, to the Blazers for a couple of years, even before he ended up here. And I think that some of us were skeptical having seen Carmelo Anthony Carmelo Anthony and the player that he was, that it was going to be a good fit. Um, but I just developed an immense appreciation for him, both as a player and as a person the past two years. And I think Portland's always going to love him. And when he comes back with the Lakers, um, I think that the Moda Center crowd will give him a nice ovation. Um, and I think it's always going to be that way. And so, you know, Blazers fans were lucky to be able to have Carmelo Anthony here for the past two years and uh, can't, can't say anything bad about him. Only have positive things to say about Carmelo. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was it was really cool 
Um, you know, I start thinking about, about a lot of the memories here, you know, the, the Moda Center crowd singing happy birthday to him. Um, just a lot of neat little moments there when Portland fans were able to be in the arena. Um, and even from a media standpoint, from a, a reporter standpoint, uh, especially before the pandemic, when we would go into the locker room and we could have, you know, these little scrums or um, time to, to chat with the players. Um, that was really cool to talk to Mello. He was always like the last one, yeah. uh, <laughs> which if you're on deadline is not always fun. But um, at the same time, as soon as you got him, like you had his attention. Um, I thought he was super just genuine, authentic interview and I had tweeted this out and just saying, like, he gained my respect uh, when Kobe Bryant died. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of his really good friends, just someone he considered a brother to him. And he didn't have to talk to us. And he did that night and just really uh, opened up his heart to us, which I thought was just super dope um, because it was a superstar, an all-timer in a vulnerable moment, willing to share his thoughts um in, in something that is so personal so from that point on i was like okay this this dude's the real deal um you know you you tend to take their word on a lot more things and i think that bond even bleeds over into how a lot of local media feel about damian lillard and yeah. that you have these specific moments where and i think it's completely fine if you decide to shut it down and decide i don't want to talk about this or that or whatever and Mello wasn't like that, and Dame has not been like that for, for his career. So, um, you know, I thought that was a super classy thing to say uh, on Carmelo Anthony's behalf and tweeting that out. And I, I do, I really do think it meant a lot to Trailblazers fans who were waiting for some type of goodbye, you know, because yeah. yeah. I, I know it always stings anytime a player goes to the Lakers. You know, like that's <laughs> always going to be there, man. But I think there was a, also an underlying you know, message there that's everyone understood, like, this is his, you know, one of his last chances to try and get a ring. So go get a championship, try and see if you can get it done in LA. I may not root for you when you're facing the Blazers, but the rest yeah. of the time, you know, it's all good. So, yeah. and he was, you know, he just brought a couple of things just that he did on the court that I'm always going to remember and always going to love the three to the dome is one of the best, <laughs> like three point celebrations that is out there, if not the best. And then the way, the way he'd rebound, man, <laughs> Dude, yeah, there's nothing call. better than that. Oh, I just, I love Carmelo Anthony. So best of luck to him. I mean, as much as luck as you can wish the Lakers as a Blazers fan, but yeah, Carmelo Anthony is great and he'll always have a place in, in Portland. I love that you brought up the, uh, the rebounding standpoint. I was always <laughs> rooting for sound up or the mellow yes. mic, you know, especially during the <laughs> pandemic when we're stuck at home. You hear it even more. You're paying attention to it versus being in the arena. So, yes, we, we still need to have that somehow, some way, uh, the mellow mic. And now maybe L.A. can make it happen. And then a uh, friend of the podcast, yep. Ennis Cantor, he's moving on. He's he's heading back to Boston. You know, <laughs> He's got this uh, nice little pattern built yeah. in where it's Portland, Boston, Portland, Frequent Boston. Frequent miles between Boston and Portland. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to, to Ennis Cantor. You know, I had messaged him and just said, hey, you know what? I appreciate you, man. Um, you know, we still, we still joke about and, and remember the time you jumped on the podcast with us yeah. with Senator Ron Wyden. 
um, how that was, you know, one of our favorite moments of, of the podcast. And, you know, he messaged me back and just said, you know, Hey, that means a lot. Thank you. You know, so um, wanted to make sure we, we shouted out Ennis Cantor um, because, you know, he was, he was also a fan favorite that I, I think a lot of Blazers fans have loved over his, you know, past two stints here in Portland. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, something I put out there when I saw the the news um, was just that he's the kind of guy that that is you feel good rooting for him on the court and rooting for him off the court. You know, the work that he does, you know, bringing awareness to what's happening in his home country of Turkey, um, the work he does working with um, politicians and stuff to, you know, social awareness. It, it's awesome. And then just the grit and determination that he always showed on the court. You know, we've talked before about his weaknesses and I think that's why he's not coming back to Portland. But I appreciated how when Nurk went down last season, how he stepped in and Mm. it was this seamless transition, putting him into the starting lineup. And you knew every night you were going to get maximum effort you know, excellent rebounding, excellent post scoring. You knew what you were going to get from, from Cantor and it was always consistency. And so I just, I have a ton of respect for him as a basketball player and as a man. And so it's, it's, you know, sad to see him go. I'm glad that he's going back to Boston. I think that's <laughs> awesome. Um, I don't think the fit was maybe right for him to stay in Portland, but um, he's another player. I think that he's always going to get a very warm ovation from the Moda Center crowd when he comes back uh, playing for different teams. Yeah, I, I think about the uh, the thirty rebound performance, and you know Terry Stotts mentioning just how reliable he was. You talked about the consistency there. Uh, he was, I mean, he, he was a big part of the team when everyone went down. You know, when the the bench players were asked to step up, and he filled in as you mentioned seamlessly. So. A lot of credit where, where credit is due to Ennis Cantor and the time that he had here in Portland. Uh, I know a lot of fans appreciated him. So one time for, for Ennis Cantor, salute, man. And then also, I think this has just been a bummer, but also happy for him at the same time for Trailblazers fans, and that's Zach Collins, man. Yeah. You know, uh, he's, he's heading to, to San Antonio. His time here in Portland is up. You know, we had seen multiple reports. I think Jason Quick was the first to report that the Trailblazers weren't going to send that qualifying offer to him. But the San Antonio Spurs have, have picked him up and, and offered him a, a nice paycheck for the next three years. So, you know, he gets another opportunity to prove himself. I, I wish that things could have gone better for him in terms of just his health because he is a dude, um, just a tough guy. Uh, who leaves it all out there? He he brought a different element to that to the team. They needed that, and when he was out there, he was fearless. Uh, didn't matter who you were, aka Clay Thompson. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the remember. one one of the all time memes slash <laughs> you know gifts. Yeah, whatever you want you want to do, but if you know, you know. Yeah, uh, with that one. Uh, so that one is is awesome, and just you know, one of the the all time bench celebration people um he was always into the game and um as i mentioned with a lot of these guys which you know has been a a trend or a theme the last few years that i've been here in portland is just um the dude was willing to talk winner winner lose gracious with his time uh just a, a good dude i remember draft night talking with his parents and how proud they were uh sat next to them uh for his introductory press conference uh at the team practice facility 
So there was an, an immediate bond that him and his entire family had shared with the Trailblazers. So, um, you know, from just a not working out standpoint, it's, it's such a bummer because, I mean, obviously the, the franchise had such high hopes for him trading yeah. up to, to get him. And it's a bummer that he just couldn't stay healthy and never had that true opportunity to shine, you know, because you would see glimmers of it and it just didn't work out. Uh, Jared, just your thoughts on, on Zach Collins' time here over the past few years. Yeah, he is just another one who seemed like a good dude. Um, I'm kind of torn because it, it is such a bummer that, you know, he was such a big building block for the Blazers were presented as such, and, and it really didn't work out at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a much larger and, you know, longer deal than I was expecting from the Spurs. Um, and so it's like, on the one hand, I definitely wish him the best and hope that he's able to stay healthy. But on the other hand, if, if he goes to San Antonio and it, it all works out and beca- he becomes a good <laughs> player for the Spurs, I'm not going to be upset at him, but I'm going to definitely be bitter at the situation because, uh, yeah, the, the demise of Zach Collins is, has played such a huge role in this franchise not getting to where they and Damian Lillard want it to be. So it's a little bittersweet for me, but uh, I'll always, like you said, I mean, the, the first thing that comes to my mind with Zach is always going to be that gift with Clay Thompson. Uh, nothing's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast right now and going down memory lane, feel free to shoot us a tweet, uh, yeah. Jared or, or myself. Let us know what you think. Uh, if, if you've got just a memory of any of these cats uh, during your time here, if you ran into them in the Portland area, because I, I'd really be interested to hear what some of those memories are. Um, of these guys because you know they they were an important part of this team uh you know for for better or for worse you know either way um you know there were there were there was plenty to to go around and i'm laughing jared here um i opened up uh instagram for carmelo anthony's post and uh damian lillard comments under Melo's post and it says off the property bruv (laughs) 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 like it's time to go So uh, just, it's just great. Um, I, I'm glad that we were able to, you know, give one final salute to some of these dudes who played, uh, you know, roles on this team over the past couple of years. But on the, on the flip side, we, we say goodbye to certain people, but we, we also have to say hello uh, to, to quite a few, Jared. And that brings us to our next talking point on the podcast. And that is, what were your impressions of the signings of Cody Zeller? Ben McLemore and Tony Snell. Uh, Jared, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I'll just go through these one at a time. Like I said earlier, these are minimum deals. Um, These are signings that the Blazers have to make to fill out the roster. So, you know, if don't be underwhelmed by them, you shouldn't be, you should, these are what minimum deals are. Every team makes these kind of signings, you know, in the off season. If you look at Cody Zeller, I think getting him on a one-year deal for the veterans minimum is undeniably a good deal for the, mm-hmm. for the veteran. Um, John Hollinger of the athletic, he has this tool, an analytics tool called board money or something like that. I don't know. It's B O R D dollar sign. He's a mm-hmm. nerd, but it, it projects a player's value for the coming season. And it sets Zeller's value at 6.1 million. So the expectation, you know, Bobby Marks had him getting a salary between four and six million. So the expectation was definitely 
that Zeller was going to get the taxpayer mid-level ex mid exception, which is about $6 million. So for the Blazers to get him on a one-year deal that only counts $1.7 million against the cap, it's a great deal. The, I think the reason they were able to get him for that amount is because of health concerns. You know, when he's healthy, when he's on the court, he's a good player. Um, but the health issue is the biggest thing with him. Um, I crunched the, the numbers here. Eight seasons, all with Charlotte, he's missed an average of 22 games per season. He's just mm. injury prone. Last season, he played just 48 games. But if he can stay on the court, he's a really good backup center for the Blazers. Um, he's averaged about nine points and six rebounds in about 22 minutes per game over his career. And that's just been consistent year after year. That's kind of what he gives you. Um, Hollinger wrote about him that he's one of the league's most physical players. He screens the crap out of people. <laughs> he's on opposing bigs and he wins battles on the glass. He's just <laughs> going to be a good backup center if he's able to stay on the court. I'm a little concerned about your two centers are two injury prone guys and Nurkic and Zeller, but right. when they're on the court, they're going to be a good, a good tandem. Um, he's, he can score in the post. He's a good passer. He's a good defensive center. Um, so it's a good signing, I think. Um, when you look at Ben McLemore, another one-year veterans, veterans minimum contract, uh, he's 28 years old now. He's another 6'3 shooting guard. The Blazers seem to corner the market on that. He's just a good three-point shooter. I mean, that's basically what his skill is. He's not a good defender. He can't do much else. But, you know, he's a career 36% shooter from three on really high volume. Uh, two seasons ago, with, seasons ago with the Rockets, he averaged 10 points and shot 40% from three. Um, I don't know. I just think that when you're looking at minimum deals, you get a guy who has a, a, a legitimate NBA skill like that, who can stretch the floor on a good, you know, on a, a volume three point shooter at it, hitting them at a good clip. That's a decent signing. There's nothing wrong with it. We know the Blazers were looking for kind of, uh, players who could defend multiple positions who could also shoot. Well, that's what they went out and got in Tony Snell. He shot 56.9% from three last season for the Hawks. That's crazy. <laughs> he didn't shoot a lot of threes. He only shot about two per game. So you'd like to see him maybe, you know, shoot a few more. But he's been a good three-point shooter throughout his career. He's a 40% shooter for his career. <laughs> he's six foot six. He projects as that kind of wing that the Blazers want who can defend and shoot the ball. But his reputation, and this was a reputation that I believed in, as a solid defender, isn't really backed up by the analytics. Hmm. Last season, he ranked 47th among small forwards in ESPN's defensive real plus minus, and 538's Raptor ranked him 214th overall in defensive Raptor. So I don't think he's actually a good defender. Maybe he was earlier in his career. I don't know if he is now. But again, it's a minimum one-year deal. You expect that this guy's not going to play a ton of minutes. He's going to kind of be at the back of the bench uh, rotation guy. So I think it's a, these are all good, acceptable, low risk signings for the Blazers to fill out the back of the bench. And I don't think Blazers fans should be mad about any of these signings. Yeah. Hard to be mad about minimum deals, you know, um, let's, let's see what happens. Uh, Tony Snell, former New Mexico Lobo, uh, got to rep the squad whenever I can. It's, it's, it's a rare occurrence. So when it happens, you know, go Lobos. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think earlier in his career, we all thought Tony Snell would be, um, a really good defender. Yeah. Um, but the proof's in the pudding with him as a shooter. Um, the dude, the dude is an assassin. He can hit threes. 
And um, you just hope you can crank those numbers up a bit if he does get those opportunities, um, if he's hitting corner threes and stuff like that, which the Trailblazers have been looking for someone who can consistently do that. And if you've got that in your arsenal, um, that bodes well. I mean, and the same kind of goes for Ben McLemore as well. If, if he can become that shooter that I think a lot of people thought he would be and would have that 40% reputation, um, that's a win also. So I'm not really mad about these these deals they're they're all you know whatever like they've got to fill out the roster and if zeller can stay healthy awesome but it's just that theme that goes along with being a trailblazer like if you're a big guy you have to be injury yep. prone i think <laughs> that's the only way that the trailblazers can actually sign a big is with uh you know injury history but you know hopefully hopefully it works out hopefully he's out there and he's great in the pick and roll and and can really help you know dame cj norm that type of deal. So, I mean, it's kind of just whatever, like I know they had to be done and um, this is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, let's, let's see what, word. yeah. Like, when I was thinking about all these signings, everything, it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. That's kind of how I feel. I mean, it's just, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, the room's on fire. Around <laughs> yeah, exactly. you there. It's fine. <laughs> um, and, and so, I mean, we, we, we kind of had a feeling, we know that it is, you know, Neil's MO, we, we knew that even before Paul Allen used to just love the draft. And so I, I don't think anyone was truly surprised that the trailblazers got into the draft and, you know, made a move. They started the night with no picks and ended up making, you know, the 43rd pick overall, getting a deal to, to get Greg Brown, uh, who's, you know, really a, a, a guy that they're storing in the back that they can develop as, as a player who, Maybe it turns out to be a really good player. They've had some history in the second round with drafting guys that turn out to be contributors. So, you know, that's also fine. It's fine. But, you know, you know, <laughs> he's going to play I, a I, lot of minutes in the G League. It's fine. Right. Exactly. Like he's not someone who's, who's going to tip the scale for Damian Lillard um, nope. or, or fans right now. Like it was awesome to check out his highlight reel. Uh, I mean, the dude can just throw it down. I mean, he is a, yep. a slam dunk machine so that was cool and all but like he's not someone that you're going to see this year play this significant role in helping the Blazers to get to you know the conference finals or whatever so that's fine and then they signed uh what Trendon Watford um to a deal as as well a two-way deal yeah uh, to a two-way deal which cool use him develop him it's fine get what you can it's fine so that's where that's where we are at you know (laughs) a couple of days into free agency um you know the blazers get their man in norman powell and now we're wait we're waiting to see what the next move is just like damian lillard is doing from tokyo as he attempts to try and win a gold medal for team usa uh so jared what do you expect the blazers to do next in free agency and trades yeah i mean i think look thinking about damian lillard and the way he's paying attention to this I mean, Lillard's smart. He knows that the, what the Blazers have to work with at this stage in the offseason. But I think even knowing what the Blazers have to work with, I don't see how he can look at what they've done so far and think that Portland is better. You know, they re-signed Norman Powell, and that's great, and that was necessary. But then I think that, especially like Damian Lillard could look at someone like losing Carmelo Anthony, who's a future Hall of Famer, Losing Ennis Cantor, who has started alongside him for for a lot of games, and you know was someone that Dame knew 
he could rely on. Looking at losing those guys, losing Zach Collins, who had so much potential, and bringing in guys like Cody Zeller and Ben McLemore and Tony Snell, I don't see how he could look at this and be like, okay, this roster's any better than, than last season. And so there's still more work to be done. I mean, that's obvious. The Blazers still have their most valuable chip in free agency. It's not anything big, but they still have the taxpayer mid-level exception. I expect them, I hope, that they're planning to use that. I think a player to look for with that is Paul Millsap, you know, veteran mm. power forward. He's 36, but he'd be a really quality veteran backup at a position of need for the Blazers. And they, they pursued him last offseason in free agency. He opted to return to the Nuggets, but I think that he's a guy that could fit into that taxpayer mid-level exception. And I think that would be a really good signing if the Blazers could make that happen. But Portland now has 13 of its 15 positions locked up. You know, when you, when you count rookie Greg Brown in there as well, you know, the Blazers only have to carry 14. So, I mean, if they sign someone like Millsap, they might be done maneuvering in free agency. I don't know if they're going to keep a 15th, you know, player on the roster. Um, you look at the summer league roster, there might be a, a few players on that team that are, you know, may have a chance of, of getting onto the, the actual roster. You know, they have some veterans on that team, like Emmanuel Moutier, Kenneth mm. Reed, Michael Beasley. Um, so maybe the Blazers invite one or all three of those players to training camp, give them a chance to make the team. But what we're all looking for, and I assume what Damian Lillard is looking for, I mean, he said it in the last time he talked to the media. If you look at bringing back this roster, you know, that we're going to bring back the same roster and just have a new coach and think that we're suddenly a championship contender. That's not the way it is. You know, he said that. So he's looking at bigger moves. And the only way that's going to happen is with trades. And we've talked mm. about this. We know what it is. The Blazers have to trade CJ McCollum. They have the avenue to do that now. You know, Norman Powell played out of position with Portland last season at the three. You know, I think he can play the three. He's, he's fine there. But it's, it's still, I mean, he's 6'3". Long wingspan or not, like it's still, he's playing out of position. If the Blazers trade CJ, they can slide Norman Powell, start him at shooting guard. They have a ready replacement now for CJ and go get a good forward who can balance this roster of Ben Simmons or a Pascal Siakam. Both have been mentioned in rumors with CJ all throughout this offseason. You know, the thing that concerns me is that we've seen a lot of reporting that indicates that Neil O'Shea does not see this the way the rest of the world does. That for mm -hmm. him, he sees this as this roster is a championship roster. I have my coach in place now. You know, we're going to run it back and we're going to be a championship contender. For some reason, that seems to be the way he sees it. You know, Chris Mannix reported earlier this offseason, you know, a month ago or more, that McCollum was told that he's not getting traded this offseason. On Monday, he doubled down on that. He said that, quote, the Blazers have shown no inkling they intend to move on from Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum. Jason Quick of The Athletic, two weeks ago, said teams reached out to the Blazers about trading for McCollum before the draft, offered Portland a chance to get into the top part of the draft, maybe even at the top four of the draft. The Blazers turned down those offers. And he said, quote, it appears Portland is headed towards having the same starting lineup with a different supporting cast. That means that Neil Shea is looking at not trading McCollum. That means McCollum is back for his ninth season with the Blazers. And we're running this back. Status quo hasn't worked, isn't going to work. And, and how can Damian Lillard come back from Tokyo and see that and think, yeah, this is what I need to see to stay in Portland. 
There's no way that happens. So what I'm hanging my what I'm hanging my hopes on is that you saw this other report, you know, end of last month, Jake Fisher Bleacher Report reported that the Blazers and Raptors had had talks about CJ McCollum and Pascal Siakam. The talks between those teams had yet to generate significant momentum, but you at least hope that that if that report is accurate, that Neil O'Shea, regardless of what he's putting out there through the media that he's content to run it back, that he's not interested in trading CJ McCollum. You hope that that's a smokescreen, a way for him to try to generate some kind of leverage so that everyone doesn't think, of course, he's trading CJ. Whether I mean, that works or not, that is what he should be doing. Is, you know, that's a way to try and generate you know, some leverage that like this guy's so good, there's no way I'm trading him. Um, if it's true that the Blazers and Raptors talked about McCollum for Siakam, then that means that Neil is out there shopping CJ. And I hope that's true because that is what has to happen. And that's not, this is no knock on CJ. CJ McCollum is an amazing player, has been an amazing Portland Trailblazer. And if he gets traded, Blazers fans will miss him because he's outstanding. He's been such a part of this Damian Lillard era. But if the Blazers want to get better, he's it. He is their most valuable trade piece and he said this on his own podcast, that he understands that that's the, the way it is, that if they want to get better, he's the best piece to move other than Damian Lillard. And so that's what I hope happens. I hope that in the next couple of weeks, we see more reports of the CJs on the block and that, you know, the Blazers are able to make a significant trade, you know, centered around CJ McCollum and bring back a forward who can balance this roster. That's what, that's what needs to happen, whether it happens or not. We'll see. This front office's MO has always been to keep things close to the vest, to, to not tip your hand. Um, and so it, would, it surprises me that anything involving the Blazers really gets out there because of that. Like, that's how they roll. Like, stuff doesn't really get out. This deal with Damian Lillard this offseason is something that is brand new. Um, I would, I, I, at least the, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, has there been like a lot of rumors that come out in the, you know, whether that's trading a guy, uh, free agency, whatever that involves the trailblazers. Like it's, it's almost always quiet. Yeah. And then when something happens, then we're all like, Oh, okay, we get it now. But, uh, you know, outside of this Damian Lillard thing, which, you know, Dame was part of the reason why this is what it is right now. Uh, so I would imagine if Neil Olshea is shopping CJ, I don't think we would really have any idea. And to your point, like it, the only way I push back on that is I agree with you that that's not going to come from Neil. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think that if he is playing this leverage game that he's putting it out there on purpose, that I'm happy with the way things are, I'm going to run it back to try and build some leverage. Mm -hmm. I don't think that any leaks would come from Neil or the Blazers camp. I mean, the leaks we have seen from the Blazers this offseason, which have been un- uncharacteristic, have all kind of been built around this the stuff that's been going around Dame. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and we're not used to that. But as far as just like, you haven't seen the Blazers in the news at all in any of these rumors um, for anything. And mm-hmm. so I think that the Blazers are still buttoned up. But I think if Neil is out there shopping CJ, then I think that, you're going to get leaks from other teams. 
I see what you're saying. And stuff like that. It might not come from the Blazers, but I mm -hmm. think that that information is going to get out from other avenues. Yeah. And I think that's fair too, that it is, I mean, it takes two to tango. Um, but in terms of just from a trailblazers standpoint, um, they've been pretty tight lipped with stuff. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll find out soon enough whether or not he's truly shopping CJ, but it is very clear to everyone that the only, the only move that the blazers have is to make a trade. They have to trade. That's how they're going to get better. It's not going to be through free agency. It's not going to be through the draft. And I think that's why all these other moves like are relatively inconsequential to the big picture. Like they're fine. Those are players that, that maybe will contribute, have um, a nice role on the team, the way that players like Melo and Ennis did. But in terms of a guy that's going to elevate this team to get further into the playoffs and compete for a championship, it's got to come via trade. And to your point, CJ McCollum is the most realistic possibility for that to take place. Um, I do find it interesting, you know, that uh, from a Philadelphia 76er standpoint that Ben Simmons is still out there, you know, and I want to say, like, yeah, look what Daryl Morey is doing. Like the, the reports that have been out there about what he's asking for Ben Simmons. I mean, he's not, he's not realistic about trading Ben Simmons yet. If that, if that's what he's asking, if he mm -hmm. actually believes that that's CJ McCollum's value, I mean, I'm sorry, Ben Simmons value, then, then he's not, he's not being realistic. He's not being serious. Mm -hmm. um, and you just have to wonder if he's just looking at this as I'm going to trade Ben Simmons only if it brings back a superstar level trade package. Otherwise, I'm happy to bring him back. And if that's the case, then the Blazers are out of luck. Because I think, in my mind, if you're looking at this objectively, for the Sixers and the Blazers, a Ben Simmons for C.J. McCollum trade makes a lot of sense for both teams. I think that the Blazers would have to send more. I don't think mm -hmm. that – I think that Ben Simmons is a better player than C.J. McCollum. But I think C.J. McCollum is what the 76ers need. And if the Blazers could – I mean, if – the reports are that Daryl Morey is looking for four first round picks in a trade for Ben Simmons. And that's James Harden type trades. That's <laughs> Damian Lillard type trades. But if the Blazers have to send out two first round picks with CJ McCollum to get back Ben Simmons, I hope that Neil Shea is willing to do that. If that mm -hmm. becomes the asking price, because I do think you can't, you have to go all in. I mean, we talked about this, I think last week with what the Bucks did going to get Drew Holiday they, mm -hmm. they went all in. I mean, that was a big trade package. So Neil Shade needs to be willing to do that if that's what it takes. And we'll just see if that price comes down for Simmons. Right. And I don't know who, I mean, maybe someone falls for it. Maybe, you know, he's hoping that someone is desperate enough Yeah. Uh, to, to just make a move, you know, because we all saw the way the season ended for them. We all saw the way the team responded to his performance. And yes, a day later or two, there was some backpedaling to try and massage it and cover it up, but it's too late. Yep. It's too the late. The truth is what happened in the moment. It's not, you know, the PR spend a couple of days later. Like yep. we know that that situation is untenable. I mean, if Maury thinks that he can bring back Simmons and it's going to be fine, he's no, he's, he's fooling himself. They can't bring Simmons back to Philadelphia now after everything that's gone down. Um, I mean, you should be a little nervous, whether it's the Blazers or any other team, 
and you're going to get Simmons because of the immense talent that he has. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, there definitely are some red flags with just, um, I don't want to say character because I don't know the guy, but just like the fact that he's not returning phone calls that those Sixers can't even get in, in touch with him. Mm. Um, his inability or not inability, unwillingness over the years to work on his game in ways that a lot of people, observers think he should. I mean, I, I think that you should take all that into consideration if you're trading for him, but the guy is immensely talented. I mean, it's kind of like if Damian Lillard wants to be traded, I don't really think that the Sixers, and maybe Dame would try to, you know, if he wanted to get there, try to, you know, push it in that direction. But I don't think Ben Simmons is a good return, even if it comes with draft picks and 76ers young players for a guy like Damian Lillard, because you're then bringing this guy in who has all kinds of question marks mm-hmm. and you don't want to do that. You want to bring in a young player who, you know, doesn't have these character concerns. Um, but in the instance where the Blazers are trying to appease Damian Lillard here, if something like a Ben Simmons trade would make him look at the Portland situation differently and want to stay, then you have to do that. You know, no matter what's going on with Simmons and, and stuff like that, it's a risk you have to take. Super fascinating. Um, next couple of weeks to say the least players can officially sign on Friday. So I think as, as free agency goes along, then we can start to get to a standpoint where we see what other teams have, what they're still trying to do. And that's probably when the Blazers have a window to really start cooking. Yeah. And so this is something that is going to be a little while longer. You know, I know that a lot of Blazers fans want it now. Damian Lillard wants it now. Um, But I think some other dominoes need to fall first before Neil Olshay is able to make whatever move is, is there to be made. But here's where we stand right now um, on a Wednesday afternoon (laughs) in August. Um, but yeah, free agency has begun in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, it's the next week or two, I think when mm-hmm. Damian Lillard is going to look at this and really make a, a final assessment on, on what he wants his future to be. I mean, I don't think we're that t- too far away from it. Um, so we could see some fireworks one way or the other within the next week or two. And it'll be really interesting to follow and see how it all plays out. I can't say if there are fireworks, we will have a, an emergency podcast at some point. Yeah. And so make sure to subscribe. Um, so that way you get those notifications when, when we're, we have a new podcast drop um, because that's, that's really the best way to stay up to date on these podcasts. But, you know, we're starting to get into a flow again um, and let's see where, where things take us as, as we've now entered the month of August here, but, Exciting times here in an off season that has been, you know, filled with change and, and moves throughout. Um, now we're really diving into basketball and what this roster will or, or could be. And, you know, Damian Lillard stays in Tokyo a little bit longer, but, you know, he's going to come back to Portland and be faced with all, all of this reality. And as you mentioned, Jared, have to assess how he, how he truly feels about this organization and whether or not he wants to continue to be here. So, Uh, buckle up y'all buckle up everybody out there thank you so much for listening to the podcast we appreciate you thank you so much for supporting us we will see you on the next one take care 